Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to the special omnibus edition of Journey with Story, where you can listen to all of this month's episodes one after the other. And just so you know, there will be no special intro for the individual stories, no added details and no shout-outs. If you want to hear all of those, then you'll need to listen to the individual episodes and not this version. Got it? Oh, mums, dads, grown-ups, you can download some free colouring sheets at our website, www.journeywithstory.com. Let's take an omnibus journey with story. Now let's take a journey with How the Bear Clan Learned to Heal. A long, long, long time ago, some Indians were running along a trail that led to an Indian settlement. As they ran, a rabbit jumped from the bushes and sat before them. The Indians stopped, but the rabbit still sat up before them and did not move from the trail. The Indians shot their arrows at him, but the arrows came back unstained with blood. A second time they drew their arrows. Now no rabbit was to be seen. Instead, an old man stood on the trail. He seemed to be weak and sick. The old man asked them for food and a place to rest. But the Indians ignored him and went on their way back to their village. Slowly the old man followed them down the trail to the wigwam village. In front of each wigwam he saw a skin placed on a pole, and this he knew was a sign of the clan to which the dwellers in that wigwam belonged. First he stopped at a wigwam where a wolf skin hung. He asked to enter, but they would not let him. They said, We want no sick man here. On he went toward another wigwam. Here, A turtle's shell was hanging, but this family would not let him in either. He tried a wigwam where he saw a beaver skin. He was told the same thing. Move along, old man. The Indians who lived in a wigwam where a deer skin was seen were just as unkind. Nor was he permitted to enter wigwams where hung hawk, snipe and heron skins. At last he came to a wigwam where a bear skin hung. I will ask once more for a place to rest, he thought. And here a kind old woman lived. She brought food for him to eat and spread soft skins for him to lie upon. The old man thanked her. He said he was very sick and he told the woman what plants to gather in the wood that would make him well again. This she did. And soon he was healed. A few days later, the old man was again taken sick. And again he told the woman what roots and leaves to gather. She did as he was told and soon he was well. Many times the old man fell sick. Each time 
he had a different sickness, and each time he told the woman what plants and herbs to find to cure him. Each time she remembered what she had been told. Soon this woman of the bear clan knew more about healing than all the other people. One day the old man told her that the great spirit had sent him to earth to teach the Indian people the secrets of healing. I came sick and hungry to many a wigwam door. No blanket was drawn aside for me to pass in. You alone lifted the blanket from your wigwam door and bade me enter. You are of the bear clan. Therefore, all other clans shall come to the bear clan for help in sickness. You shall teach all the clans what plants and roots and leaves to gather so that the sick may be healed. And the bear clan shall be the greatest and strongest of all the clans. The Indian woman lifted her face to the great spirit to thank him for this great gift and knowledge of healing. When she turned again to the man, he had disappeared. No one was there, but a rabbit was running swiftly down the trail. take a journey with a tale from India called The Dog and the Elephant. Long, long ago in India, there was once a dog who liked to wander into the king's stable where the royal elephant lived. At first, the dog only went there to forage for the scraps of food that were strewn on the ground after the elephant had finished eating. But as time went by, the dog and the elephant began to talk to each other. They shared with each other little snippets about their day. The elephant told the dog how much he loved carrying the young princesses on his back around the royal gardens and how their peals of laughter soothed the sadnesses in his heart. The dog told the elephant how he loved sitting in the cool shade beneath the trees around the palace, and how the youngest princess secretly came to find him and pet his fur and whisper in his ear. Her kindness mended all the hurts in his heart, he told the elephant. And so, in this way, the dog and the elephant became good friends. The elephant gladly shared his food with the dog, and when he went to sleep, the dog slept right next to him. When the elephant felt playful, he would sweep the dog up in his great trunk and swing him to and fro in a gentle, rocking sway. And the dog would bark his happy thanks 
The dog and the elephant learned how to mend each other's sadnesses, and they were at their happiest when they were lying right next to each other, night after night. One day, a farmer saw the dog, and he said to the elephant keeper, I will buy that dog. He looks good-tempered, and I see that he is smart. How much do you want for him? Now, the elephant keeper did not own the dog, but he saw his chance to earn some extra rupees, and he agreed to sell the dog to the farmer for a good number of rupees. The farmer slung a rope around the dog's neck, dragged him away. The elephant could not bear to see his friend being taken away and that night he refused to eat his dinner when the keeper put it before him. The next day he would not bathe and still refused to eat. On the third day he would not eat or bathe or move out of the stable to take the princesses on their ride around the gardens. When the king heard of this, he at once sent his doctor to go and find out what was the matter with his elephant. The doctor hurried off to the stable and stood before the elephant. He ran his hands all over his massive trunk, his legs and his tail. He listened to his heart beating. He looked inside his ears and inside his mouth and all over his tongue. strange this is, he told the keeper. I can see nothing amiss with his body. All is as should be, and yet, 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 he seems to be pining for something, for, for someone. Do you know if that is the case? But the keeper did not want to admit he had sold the dog to a passing farmer, and so he shrugged his shoulders and said he had no idea at all what could be ailing the elephant. But the royal doctor did not give up so easily. He went off to talk to the other servants who worked near the stables with all the animals. And they told him all about the dog who had befriended the elephant and how the dog had been sold to a farmer three days ago. The doctor hurried back to the king and told him, The elephant is sick, your majesty. Now it is not a sickness of the body, it is a sickness of the heart. He misses his companion, the dog, who was sold three days ago to a passing farmer. Oh, where is this dog now? asked the king. No one knows, I am afraid, said the doctor. Very well, said the king. I will send word all over the country asking the man who bought this dog to turn him loose at once or... He will be punished severely. Messengers were sent to every corner of the country asking the person who had bought the dog to return him at once. When the farmer who had bought the dog heard this, he at once let the dog go free. And the dog raced back to the palace to find his beloved friend, the elephant. And so delighted was the elephant to be reunited with his dear friend the dog that he picked him up in his huge trunk 
and placed him right up on his head and trilled a joyful harumph, harumph. And then he gently placed him back on the ground and the two of them went for a walk around the gardens, planning on how they would spend their day tomorrow together again at last. And that night they ate their supper together and fell asleep side by side. From that day forward, the dog and the elephant lived together in great joy and contentment. Now, let's take a journey with Mr. Lazybones. Once upon a time, a man lived beneath a wild fig tree. He did nothing but lie there day and night, waiting for a wild fig to fall into his mouth, and people began to call him Mr. Lazybones. At first, people were only curious about him. But as time passed, they began to mock him. He's never worked a day in his life, people sneered. He'll never amount to anything, others said. He doesn't plant, farmers said. He doesn't hunt, hunters complained. If those figs didn't drop from the tree, he would starve. Bullies would tease him mercilessly and some even threw rocks at him. But Mr. Lazybones was so lazy, he didn't do a thing to respond. He simply lay still beneath that tree with his mouth opened wide, waiting for the moment the fruit would fall from a branch and land upon his tongue. And oh, how he savoured those figs! One warm day, a great wind began to blow and... The figs began to drop, one after another. But they didn't drop to the ground or onto Mr. Lazybones' tongue. The wind tossed them through the air. They swirled and whirled and landed in a nearby stream. Bobbing in the current, they flowed downstream. Now it just so happened that the king's niece was sitting by the river bank, whiling away the time, enjoying the feel of the wind on her cheeks and the sight of the bright blue sky overhead. Suddenly she noticed the figs floating by. She reached out, picked one and ate it. She was amazed by its delicious taste and she vowed then and there that she would find out who these figs belonged to and she would marry that man. She hurried home and told her uncle about the figs and her plans to marry. Because he wanted only her happiness, her uncle promised to find out who owned these figs. He sent out a proclamation. All fig growers from every corner of the land must come to the palace and bring along a sample of his fruit.
most people pay close attention to a king's proclamation, and sure enough, from near and far, the fig growers came to the palace, bringing their fruits in baskets and barrels and bushels. The king's servant set the figs upon a long table spread with white silk, and the king's niece tasted each and every one. These are marvellous, she said each time, and they were sweet and fragrant, but none tasted as delicious as the fig she had found in the stream. The king's niece was disappointed, but no one was more disappointed than the king. I must find the man who grows the figs she loves, he declared. He stood before the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, is there any fig grower in this land who has not appeared before me this day? My niece has not found the figs she loves. The people whispered among themselves for a moment, and soon someone laughed. When he laughed, the others began to laugh too. Why do you laugh? the king's niece asked. One man walked forward and said meekly, There's one fig grower who has not appeared today, Mr. Lazybones. He's too lazy to travel to court. Then I shall go to him, the king's niece said. And so the king arranged for his servants to take her to Mr. Lazybones' tree. When she found him lying half asleep beneath the tree, she reached up, plucked a fig from the tree and tasted it. She knew at once that she had found the man she was going to marry the man who grew the most delicious figs in the world. I am going to marry you, she said to Mr. Lazybones, and she went back to the palace to tell her uncle. Naturally, the king was sad hearing this news. He's such a lazy man, the king said. Are you sure this is someone you wish to marry? Yes, uncle, the king's niece said. I am certain. Now, the king could never say no to his niece, but... He had to stop her from this madness. Marry him and you will lose your inheritance. Marry him and you will never live in this palace, he threatened. His niece did not care. And she and Mr. Lazybones married. For a while they lived together happily and fruitfully beneath Mr. Lazybones' fig tree. They ate delicious figs to their heart's content. But, eventually, the tree ceased bearing fruit. And before long, the king's niece grew terribly ill. Mr. Lazybones was heartbroken. He had grown to love his wife, and never before had anyone been so kind and good to him. Never before had someone loved him the way that she had. He could not lose her. Mr. Lazybones understood that in order to keep his wife alive, he had to work. So, he set about planting fig trees. He worked night and day, and before long, his new trees began to grow, and their fruit was just as delicious as that first tree. The land became lush, and with such marvellous fruit to eat, his wife became healthy again. When the king heard the news of all Mr. Lazybones had done, of the great love he showed for his wife, he invited the couple to come 
to live in the palace with him. There, Mr. Lazybones and his wife lived happily and comfortably. And because Mr. Lazybones did not have to work, he would often sit upon his chair and think. When I was poor, they called me Lazybones and teased me and threw rocks at me. But now that I am rich, they call me Prince and praise my name. He laughed quietly to himself, thinking of the foolishness of folks. Let's take a journey with the cat and the parrot. Once there was a cat and a parrot, and they had agreed to ask each other to dinner, turn and turn about. First the cat should ask the parrot, then the parrot should invite the cat, and so on. It was the cat's turn first. Now, the cat was very mean. He provided nothing at all for dinner except a pint of milk, a little slice of fish and a biscuit. The parrot was too polite to complain, but he did not have a very good time. When it was his turn to invite the cat, he cooked a fine dinner. He had a roast of meat, a pot of tea, a basket of fruit, and best of all, he baked a whole clothes basket full of little cakes. Little brown crispy spicy cakes. Oh, I should say as many as 500. And he put 498 of the cakes before the cat, keeping only two for himself. Well, the cat ate the roast and drank the tea and sucked the fruit and then he began on the pile of cakes. He ate all the 498 cakes and then he looked around and said, oh, I'm hungry, haven't you anything to eat? Why, said the parrot, here are my two cakes if you want them. The cat ate up the two cakes and then he licked his chops and said, I am beginning to get an appetite. Have you anything to eat? Well, well, really, said the parrot, who was now rather angry. I don't see anything more unless you wish to eat me. He thought the cat would be ashamed when he heard that. But the cat just looked at him and licked his chops again and slip, slop, gobble. Down his throat went the parrot. 
Then the cat started down the street. An old woman was standing by and she had seen the whole thing and she was shocked that the cat should eat his friend. Why, cat, she said, how dreadful of you to eat your friend the parrot. Parrot indeed, said the cat. What's a parrot to me? I've a great mind to eat you too. And before you could say, Jack Robinson, slip, slop, gobble, down went the old woman. Then the cat started down the road again, walking like this, because he felt so fine. Pretty soon he met a man driving a donkey. The man was scolding the donkey to hurry him up, and when he saw the cat, he said, Get out of my way, cat! I'm in a hurry and my donkey might tread on you! Ha! Donkey indeed, said the cat. Much I care for a donkey. I have eaten five hundred cakes. I've eaten my friend the parrot. I've eaten an old woman. What's to hinder my eating a miserable man and a donkey? And slip, slop, gobble. Down went the old man and the donkey. (coughs) Then the cat walked on down the road jauntily. And after a little he met a procession coming that way. The king was at the head walking proudly with his newly married bride and behind him were his soldiers marching and behind them were ever and ever so many elephants walking two by two. The king felt very kind to everybody because he had just been married and he said to the cat, Get out of my way, cat, get out of my way. My elephants might hurt you. Ha, hurt me, said the cat, shaking his fat sides. Ha, ha, I've eaten five hundred cakes. I've eaten my friend the parrot. I've eaten an old woman. I've eaten a man and a donkey. What's to hinder my eating a beggarly king? And slip, slop, gobble, down went the king. Down went the queen, down went the soldiers, and down went all the elephants. Then the cat went on. More slowly, he had really had enough to eat now. But a little further on, he met two land crabs scuttling along in the dust. Get out of our way, cat! They squeaked. Ha ha! cried the cat in a terrible voice. I've eaten five hundred cakes. I've eaten my friend the parrot. I've eaten an old woman. A man with a donkey. A king, a queen, his men at arms, and all his elephants. And now I'll eat you too. Slop, gobble, down went the two land crabs. When the land crabs got down inside, they began to look around. It was very dark, but they could see the poor king sitting in a corner with his bride on his arm. She had fainted 
near them were the men-at-arms treading on one another's toes and the elephants still trying to form in twos, but they couldn't because there wasn't enough room. And in the opposite corner sat the old woman and near her stood the man and his donkey. But in the other corner was a great pile of cakes and by them perched the parrot, his feathers all drooping. <laughs> said the land crabs and snip snap they began to make a little hole in the side with their sharp claws snip snap snip snap till it was big enough to get through then out they scuttled then out walked the king carrying his bride out marched the men at arms out tramped the elephants two by two out came the old man scolding his donkey out walked the old woman scolding the cat and last of all out hopped the parrot holding a cake in each claw <coughs> you remember two cakes were all he wanted but the poor cat had to spend the whole day sewing up the hole in his coat I hope you enjoyed all of our stories for this month. And if you subscribe to our Patreon page, you can enjoy even more perks and resources. Here's to stories aplenty that fill our hearts with grace and goodness, hope and light, so that we remember, as my favourite poet says, All shall be well, all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Be well, my friends, be well, and join me next time for Journey with Story. Music and post-production was by Colette Jonas.